0: The New York City Football Club, big fans of Inter-Miami, big fans of Nashville, at least for this weekend. That and more on NYCFC Views.
1: Turn up your body. body. Because you're about to listen to the Sick Podcast.
0: Podcast.
1: NYCFC Views.
0: Comments of coaches, the shot, and New York City! wins the first MLS Cup on their first try! And they're going crazy! It is
1: goal! New York City is the champion of Major League Soccer! The sickest New York City FC podcast. It's gonna be sick.
0: And for New York City FC to have another chance at an MLS Cup, uh, a lot's got to happen this weekend. But it can happen for those who have faith. But it'll start with a New York City victory at City Field against Chicago Fire. I'm Glenn Crooks, uh, the English radio commentator for New York City. There's Roberto Abramowitz. He does it on the Spanish side. And, uh, Roberto, I'm at the training facility today. I'm sorry you're a little under the weather and had to stay home. Hope you're feeling better. You look great. So Thank uh,
1: you. At least that. <laughs> it's better to look good than feel good, I heard, or something like that.
0: We have important things to discuss here, but there was an important event in my life in the last week. I, I'm a celestial kind of guy, Roberto. If you don't know that, you might not know that. You know, we've, we've known each other for a while. And I went to visit my daughter in Albuquerque, and there was something called an Annular Solar Eclipse. For those not familiar with it, that's not a complete, that's not a total solar eclipse, but it's where the moon gets in between the sun and us. And uh, this creates a ring of fire. You have to watch it through the special glasses or you'll go blind uh, or something will happen to your vision. So you, you, everybody was looking up at this thing and, and it ran right through Albuquerque. Its path was right through New Mexico. So it was like one of the best spots in the world to see this thing. And I got to do it with my daughter, and it was a very special moment, because there is, there's a spiritual nature to this kind of stuff. It didn't go completely black, but the colors went. The colors were really odd. It got really cold. We were at about 10,000 feet. And I would just thought I'd share that because it's, uh, it's helped me take the next step here and, um, and also provide a more positive vibes for New York City FC, which I got last night. Could have been different, right?
1: It could have been, and and it almost was. I mean, that game was a little bit crazy with all the opportunities that were there uh, on both sides. Uh, Miami had some issues on defense. Kamal Miller was having all sorts of problems. I don't know what's going on with him. I remember him being like a really solid defender in Montreal. And in in Miami, he's been having his issues. I mean, he's like a starting center back for the Canadian national team but i don't know lately he's been doing some things that are head scratching and um well and and he almost gifted away the the game meanwhile on the other end miami had all sorts of chances good to see jordi alba back for inter miami and as far as we know messi will play against charlotte on saturday so um good news for inter miami and new york city needs a result there we were always under the impression that that Charlotte could only get one point. Turns out, looks like that they can get two points, but that's it. New York City needs to win, and then everybody starts rooting for Nashville against the Red Bulls.
0: Yep. And then so that, against
1: Montreal, right. whenever the playoffs start.
0: Right. Nine at eight, and uh, Montreal, with all those results occurring, would lock into the number uh, eight spot. I talked to James Sands today. Uh, he talked about playing at FC Cincinnati. Uh, so he needed to uh, maybe focus more on that 9-8 game. And, uh, <laughs> but he's looking ahead. He's very confident they're going to get in and then get through that first game. Uh, it would be interesting to go back to Montreal where New York City had that great success last year. Wilfred Nancy was the coach. 3-1 win for New York City to get to the East final. Uh, and then uh, now it's Hernan Losada uh, as Montreal, they certainly haven't had the same sort of season, but uh, they they uh, and they're not a hundred percent in the playoffs yet either. So they need things to yeah. go their way too. So the setup completely is: Red Bulls lose to Nashville, uh, Charlotte uh, either ties or loses at home to Inter Miami, and New York City gets three points and beats the Chicago Fire. Right? Have that right.
1: That's it.
0: So here's you I found wish that, it
1: was win and you're in, but I know no, it it's been, not.
0: Well, the D.C. United result was uh, massively disappointing. That was before the break, and uh, that's long forgotten now, and it's uh, on to City Field and Chicago. So uh, got a chance to speak, to speak to Nick Cushing and James Sands. I thought the most interesting part of both conversations, because it's the obvious question you ask somebody about last night's game, because last night's game, Charlotte at Miami – New York City had, if Charlotte won, New York City's done. Now we're at this training facility today. If Charlotte wins that game and it's a completely different vibe, it would have to be. And, of but then a late goal. And have you seen all the thing, all the, uh, all the late goals, uh, that Charlotte has conceded to, uh, and the number of points. And we're going to show this graphic, uh, in a moment, a tweet from Tom Boger. Don't put it up yet because I wanted to just, tell you that neither Nick Cushing nor James Sands watched the game last night. They like James kind of just said, I can't, it's too, it's too tense. It's too stressful. Uh, he watched a movie and Nick uh, sat with his wife and also watched a movie. And he had his 13 year old son watching the game. And I guess at the uh, end of the game, his 13-year-old son made his way into the room, and he could just read it on his face that they got the result necessary. Nick did say he watched it up until the penalty that was taken away due to a VAR uh, – it was a handball uh, called uh, uh, against Kamal Miller that was uh, reversed properly. It hit his chest. and Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, – but isn't that something that – I mean, I'd be watching a game, stressful or not, man. I mean, you know, you, but they did not. That's interesting.
1: It is. I mean, everybody has their own way of doing it. There's no right way or wrong way. It's just an individual choice, and I leave it at that. And uh, whatever works for them is fine.
0: Now, the other side of it is coming up this weekend on Decision Day, uh, you'd be interested in – everybody's going to be interested in tracking what's going on in the other two games, Uh, the Red Bulls at Nashville and Charlotte hosting Inter-Miami. The players, so Sandy Rodriguez and James Sands both said they will, there's not a chance uh, they'll want to know the result. Although Sands said, I'm sure if we need a goal and there's 15 or 10 minutes left, somebody will shout out, yeah, you know, the Rebels are losing, you know, just to try to, you know, give them that extra but, edge. But I
1: don't get that. I mean, I, I don't get any of that, to be honest. I mean, I, I'm with them that they shouldn't be paying attention to the results because they can't control anything else. The only thing that they can control is winning. And they have to win, no matter what. Yeah. They have to win. If they don't win, right. they're not in. So right. they, there's nothing there. There's no speculation. Well, a tie no. could help us. So let's sit back. You're no, right. You're right. Want go to win, and that's yep. it. That's the only thing you got to do. So you win, and then you look up, and then you find out if uh, the other results went your way.
0: No, you're 100 right. I thought of that too, but there's still uh, there's still reasons that you might just want to see what's going on. It could be from a motivational. I'm
1: I'm really curious. What are the reasons when the only thing that you can control is winning? Why would you want to know? How could that benefit you?
0: Yeah, no, I, it's a question I probably should have asked along the way, but Nick Cushing said he'd have one of his assistants keeping track of those other two games. And um, so just, there must be something in there that, that we don't know that, or, uh, to me, it's only it, it, it could only come from a motivational standpoint. Yes, you need to win, but if you know – just listen to me. Just listen to me. I know that, but if you see that the other two games – this is psychological now. We're going to go to the mental component. If you see that the other two games are going your way and it's nil-nil and there's 10 minutes left, that could be a little – extra juice to get that goal. You need it anyway, but now it's like, wow, everything's going our way. Don't shake your head. That's the I psychology. Disagree. I disagree. I just
1: totally disagree with that. I totally... If you're not motivated enough to win and you need that listening. extra push, you won't prepared properly. We've already talked I'm about sorry, this. sorry. It doesn't... How many, no. how many
0: NFL games are there, Roberto? How many NFL? Let's go to NFL. How many games 17. a year? 17, right? How many? 17. Then there's 365 days a year, and I would say... Three or four out of that 17 games, every team says the same thing after the game. Yeah, we weren't quite with it today. You know, we didn't give it our all today. And it's like, it's it's part of the psychology of sport. If it's I'm out there in a team.
1: It's a playoff game. If you're not sufficiently motivated not to a- win a game that you must not win exactly- to stay alive, I don't know and what you're you need saying. something extra to push you, something is wrong with your mental preparation. I'm it's sorry, not- I feel very strongly about this. This oh, isn't the wrong. first time something like this has come up. And I've I've been an advocate for this for a long, long time. This isn't the first time that I've heard this. You should not need any extra aside from the fact that you know that you need to win and there's nothing else out there. And that's it. And if you well, need you extra motivation, you weren't prepared. Right. And you I'm don't sorry, know you said- just weren't. You don't understand the psychology of sport. You don't understand. I don't get- I do say I do understand. No, you, I understand no, you don't. pretty well too. And okay. to me, it's mind-boggling that something else would push you more. Like if somebody, like if you weren't motivated to win enough, and then somebody gets into a fight with you, and then all of a sudden, that's something. That's something extra. There's something's wrong with your preparation. There should be absolutely okay. nothing that can push you more than you're already pushed for an event like this. There isn't. And if you're not, you're not prepared. I'm sorry. I, you can't change my mind on this. Good. Don't and you try, th- move on. Okay, we
0: will move on. And uh, you don't get it. <laughs> I, I don't I know. Do I get
1: it. No 100% I get it. Yeah.
0: Okay, well, if it's nil-nil and the other two games are going well, I'm shouting out to James Sands and Santi Rodriguez. Let's go, guys. Let's keep it going. Everything's on our side. Let's go. I'm going to do that, and we're going to move on to the next thing, which is what? <laughs> Let's see don't that graph. I can
1: hear you. From by the way, we're a hundred yards away from the field. They're not hearing you.
0: <laughs> Let's see that graph from Tom Bogart because <laughs> I think this is interesting. Because we've talked about the three times that New York City has lost late leads. I think it's Atlanta, Columbus, and oh, I'm forgetting the third one. It just happened recently uh, where uh, games uh, ended in draws. Miami, at, uh, Miami. So. Uh, this was interesting about Charlotte because there were some graphics up there last night that were really astonishing. One of them was that with Messi, uh, Inter-Miami is eleven one one 2 and without him, they're 1-4-2. That's not in this graphic, but that's a and that's why everybody in New York City land wants Messi on the field on Saturday, that's for sure. But,
1: but that, 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 again, also is a uh, – there's a lot more to that because, I mean, for instance, Alba didn't start playing again until yesterday um they they, they yet yeah, last night they still got a tie although they were missing kramarski who was playing right. with the us u23s who right. blew out japan four to one uh there's a lot more players that came in aviles came in um so there, there's a lot more players aside from messi but yes obviously he makes a huge difference
0: yeah well there's plus a little the, bit of
1: context that was missing to that uh to that stat
0: plus joseph martinez uh, we'll be back from international duty also. So, let's say uh, Campana starts, then uh, you know, yet yeah, you can bring Martinez off the bench. Uh, they're Campana gonna be a, had strong- a good
1: game last night. Pardon, Campana had a good game last night. He was really, really active, he was busy in the box, he was creating opportunities. Robinson came in as a sub, and I mean, he played really well out wide and then got the goal. Nice, nice little play to get you know, to deflect that in front um for the goal. And then they were close to getting a winner. God, that would have really helped New York City. As it turns out, it really wouldn't have made a difference now that I think. About no,
0: it. not, not but really. it would have yeah.
1: been maybe, maybe um, at that point I thought it would. But now that we've we've seen the revised standings and everything, it, it, it wouldn't have made a difference. Two ties works just as well as a tie and a loss.
0: Maybe that's the psychology of the standings. <laughs> All right. They just
1: can't win. Huh? Yeah, that's all. Charlotte can't. If any other result from a Charlotte win is good for New York City. And then, you know, you got to remember that the Red Bulls have made the playoffs, what is it, 12 years in a row now? 13. Uh, 13. 13 in a row. They're trying so to make it
0: 14. Yeah, they're trying to, try to make it 14
1: against Nashville, who hasn't yeah. been fantastic at home. They haven't been bad. They haven't been fantastic. And we'll see what happens. Well,
0: uh, the Red Bulls need to lose for New York City. But that that kind of game has nil nil written all over it. Those two teams have uh, struggled, but but Nashville's got Hani Mukhtar, man. So uh, hopefully he can dazzle a little bit, and uh, and Nashville uh, helps out New York City FC. Chicago. So I don't know if you saw Frank Klopas' his uh, comments from yesterday, uh, Roberto. Uh, Klopas is the uh, interim manager. Uh, the last time New York City played Chicago was way back in March, and. Uh, Ezra Hendrickson was the coach. He ended up getting sacked. Frank Klopas, one of his assistants, took over. Klopas is uh, pretty much a Chicago Fire legend at this point. But he said, so oh, you know how the stadium, how about what do you think about playing in a baseball stadium? What do you think about? So he was asked that at per normal by the local reporters up there in Chicago. And I loved his answer. He said, "Oh, I think it's really exciting." This is a paraphrasing. I think it's really exciting. I remember when I used to play at Wrigley Field for the Chicago Sting, and it was really cool. There were over thirty thousand people. It was at Wrigley, and it was really a neat atmosphere. So he turned it around, and just he didn't like say, Love "Oh, it. this is yeah, you know."
1: Love and, it. Uh, so it nice I, I went to, to see the Cosmos, them. and uh, I, sw- I went to see the Cosmos and the Chicago Sting uh, a couple of times. And once was in Wrigley, and the other game was in the old Comiskey. Ah. And they were both really fun games, and the atmosphere was fantastic. Yeah, so I let's hope been... that the atmosphere is fantastic at City Field this Saturday and the rain stays away. Yeah, what's the, what's the
0: latest forecast? I know it's supposed to rain tomorrow because I'm supposed to golf tomorrow, of course, so it's going to rain and I probably won't play. But uh, more importantly, what's it, uh, the forecast for Saturday, Roberto?
1: It is raining. It's in supposed there, to isn't? be rain, but I don't know exactly the times, and that always shifts. So uh, hopefully we'll we'll get a dry game in you know, for the fan's sake.
0: You know, I, I don't uh, want to bring it up in terms of trying to create any uh, negative vibe, but I, I, I went back and watched the highlights of the last Chicago match because I could hardly remember, you know, hardly remember the result or anything. And uh, it was, first of all, it was Gabby Padetta finishing. And I, it, what a wonderful finish. I, I don't know if you remember, he slotted mm. it past yeah. Spencer Ritchie. Ritchie was in goal. Chris Brady uh, was not. He was away. So then the equalizer was the uh, Kai Kamara left all by himself at the back post on a set piece. And then he just headed the ball across the face of gold and it got knocked out and then um, got ripped home by uh, Fabian Herbers. And, uh, but it just it, it kind of brings you back and all, is almost symbolic of what the issues have been all year long. Not enough goals and conceding um, bad goals. You know, and, um,
1: and and conceding, them late. And well, conceding I think that game, them late. That goal was like a 70-something minute, I believe. Yeah, it wasn't um, at
0: the drink like some of these other goals no. have been, like stoppage time goals yeah. like against Miami. But, um, but the thing
1: was that they had seemed to have all the issues with set pieces resolved, and then all of a sudden it reared its ugly head again.
0: Yeah. and, and- that,
1: That's really disappointing.
0: It is, uh, and then the disappointing D.C. uh, result uh, when you're in pretty good form going into that game, right? Six unbeaten, three wins, three draws. You go to D.C.
1: That's a much. I was just going to say that that game was mind-boggling to me because with everything to play for and to come out with that performance, and I know Nick today in the press conference was talking about chances created and all that and that they had more and it was five to three and, and that, but... That game never gave the sensation that New York was on the front foot, and that New York uh, was, you know, it was it was an unlucky result. It it was an unlucky result. They were outplayed, especially the first half.
0: First half. Well, he did, you know, he he did say the first half was really disappointing that they. And and there's another example. So, Roberto, how do you explain that? You know, there is no explanation. I mean, people could say, oh, Nick Cushing didn't have the team prepared. The staff didn't have the team prepared. You know, it's not the you know the the players have to provide the motivation in getting up for a game where if you win that game and you win Saturday, you're in. And it's uh, it is mind boggling and it's, it's hard to explain, but it comes from the psychology of sport. I'm not just saying that because we talked about it earlier. There are a lot of things that are difficult to explain in athletics and not just athletics psychology works in all these different ways uh that have impacted you know anybody watching in both of our lives outside of sport but I'm telling you that you it's very difficult to explain. And that example I gave early on about how it you know you might get just a little bit more of a jolt, knowing you know, and you're at a you're in the 80th minute when you're starting to drag a little bit because you've put all that effort in during the course of the game. and where do you get that next little jolt from? And maybe that's what it is. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about a, a team that might not be prepared to 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 give their best. But how do you explain DC United?
1: Right, because the, the, did not the, the difference being, right, the difference be- being between DC United, the DC United game, and this game against Chicago is margin for error. So, with the DC United game, as little as a margin of error is, yeah. and the fact that they lost and they're still alive, there's still a margin for error on Sunday. On Saturday afternoon, there's no margin for error, so they they, they must they must win. Uh, I, th- that part sort of boggles my mind. Obviously, DC United had the same interest at New York city for them, you know, it was a do or die game because they didn't have that. They, they, that was their 34th game of the season. So they didn't have a margin for error. They needed to win the game more so than New York city did. And I always hate when people say, well, the other team wanted it more because that sort of attacks the professionalism of a lot of the players there. And I really don't buy into that very often, but God, it made me think about it. It really made me think about it during that game. Because I I couldn't understand, while I'm watching this, how they're getting, I mean, it wasn't totally dominated, but dominated enough where, you know, they allowed a goal in the first half, and they allowed a goal at the beginning of the second half. And it just should never have happened. I mean, and I'm wondering also, as I'm looking at that game, how is it that the Red Bulls can score five goals there and New York City couldn't get one? Right, and this is without Christian Benteke. Christian Benteke is not in the game, he's not even dressed, and you see so you're thinking, Wow, huge advantage for New York City. How many, how many of us weren't looking at this going, wow, ah. New York City got really lucky? And, and wow. what you really thought was going to be the difference in the game?
0: <laughs> no, quite quite the opposite. Quite the opposite. But do you think <laughs> the players look? I asked this directly of Nick Cushing. I said, Is there and I, and I said I I hate to I don't hate, but I mean I've used the word psychology here quite often. But I said, is there was there any psychological component that might have led to a a, a first half where it wasn't as sharp and as motivated, I guess you could say, as you would expect. And this is look, if they prepared for Pentecosty 14 goals, a bull in the box, very difficult to defend. The, the, the expectation was Benteki's playing and we are prepared. But Nick also said, well, we also prepared for Messi even though he didn't play and, and we thought we played pretty well there. But he did admit to the fact that, you know, that, that could have some sort of an impact because Bentecki doesn't show up. You have a little bit of a, whew, you just kind of, you know, almost a sigh of relief that I have to play this six foot three monster, you know, in front of goal. Now it's Eric Hurtado, who has is not prolific has a pretty limited history of scoring goals and he had a pretty good first half man i mean he was motivated you know and he was active. Um, yeah so i you know i i think there's there's a part of that i think that kind of played into to how that first half went i really do that's my feeling
1: yeah, it's it's just hard to explain. It's it, I mean, New York City. We understand has had all sorts of issues on the road. There's a lot of games that they should have won that wound up in ties. There's a lot of games that they lost that could have been ties, um, and there's reasons why they only have one victory all year away. Yeah, there's but, that. Thankfully for New York City, they're they're closing at home.
0: Sammy, put that graphic up from Tom Boger one more time because we really didn't get into it. And I just want to just from from Charlotte's standpoint, uh, Roberto, we've talked about Christian Latanzio. We're both fond of him. He was a former assistant here under Patrick Vieira, now the head coach at Charlotte. But my goodness, how do you sleep at night? 25 points dropped from a winning position during the course of the year. Can you imagine what how they're thinking? You know, similar to how Nick Cushing in New York City are thinking about those three late goals that ended up in draws, and you drop six points there. You could just get two of those back. That's four. You get one of them back, and you're probably sitting pretty. So yeah, imagine, without, what without Christian, imagine what Christian is 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 thinking here. With well, the, the the
1: difference is is that Charlotte is basically starting two very young center backs, right? And now this is going to probably pay off for them in the future, but it's definitely not paying off for them in the present. And when you're allowing, you know, and you're dropping 25 points from winning positions and your goal differential after the 84th minute is minus seven, you know, there's a lack of composure at the end of games that winds up costing you.
0: It's it's crazy. And the, uh, the, the thing that, um, you know, you, you think about those those late points uh, dropped and, and, and goals conceded. I mean, they were – the thing I would say, and you can take that down now, Sammy. I'm sick of looking at it, Tom. Thank you. And
1: <laughs> Oh, stop.
0: Oh, stop. He's got
1: a bigger – he's got a better mustache than you, and you're jealous.
0: I, I'm i not jealous, but he's got a good one. Uh, <laughs> the um, – oh, the, uh, I forgot what I was going to say. I actually uh, it completely uh, it completely <laughs> dropped off ha- uh, how I was going to uh, approach this one, but he's got the two young center backs you talked about. Let's see, Latanzio, I can't remember, and uh, that's the other thing that Tom Bogart has over me. He's a lot younger.
1: Yes, he is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and and thoughts don't just escape his brain, uh, you know, um, like that. So uh, so it's a it's a what's, it's a four way race for the last two positions in the Eastern Conference. And and at least, we can do our broadcasts. And decision day is meaningful. We can we can look at the other games and see how they're going, and, and make sure that our our public, those that are listening to us, can um, can understand the situation, you know, from start to finish. So that's going to be it. it is going to be entertaining and fun for us to call this one, I'm
1: sure. And it's going to be a little bit nerve wracking, right? Because yeah. you, you want these guys to do well. You want the team to make the playoffs. You know, you root for the guys individually. You root for Nick because he's such a good guy and, uh, you know, you you just want to see him well. You want to see him happy. So, you you know, you hope that they get, you know, that the best happens and they're able to get into the playoffs. And at that point, it's a new season.
0: All right, Roberto. Well, that's it for uh, New York City uh, at Chicago and some of the other things we had to talk about. So let's uh, kick it around. Messi meets America, except the U.S. Open Cup. Roberto, I don't know if you're aware of this, but Apple TV has produced Messi meets America. Now, the most dramatic Messi moment is his very first game. He scores a game-winner off of a free kick. No one will question that. But I think one of the more thrilling, and the league's cup final, but one of the more thrilling Messy moments to me, and it was just such a great game, was the 3-3 draw with FC Cincinnati in the U.S. Open Cup semifinals. Messi had two assists, and he converted his penalty, and Miami advanced to the final of the U.S. Open Cup. But Apple didn't have rights to those games. Don Garber earlier in the year uh, just smashed the U.S. Open Cup with his comments regarding how he didn't want MLS really connected with the U.S. Open Cup. Again, I'm paraphrasing, but that's basically what he was saying. And then you, you, you do a documentary and you don't include this, what turned to be a, a very important part of the story. I don't know what you thought of it, but I, I haven't started to watch it yet. And I want to talk a little bit about Beckham because I've watched the first two episodes of that. But uh, I, I don't know, man. I, you know At first I was like, come on, man. And I'm still kind of like that, but I, I don't get it.
1: I'm 100%. Come on, man you can't you you can't decide to whitewash history like that i mean it was part of history and yeah. he lost the team lost and it happens and even if you don't have the rights and maybe you could show photos or and you can talk to people about it and and you can't just say well you know it didn't happen it's very disappointing without a doubt it takes well, it takes something away from the documentary by not doing anything with that. It takes something away from the documentary. The fact that's what we're talking about just shows that it's it's not good, not good. Well, I want to
0: read. I want to read uh, Garber's quote. He's the commissioner of MLS, and I want to read Bob Fossey's uh, quote. He's the um, MLS Players Association executive director, very important uh, guy for the players. So here's the Garber quote. I would say that they're not games. Talking about U.S. Open Cup that we would want our product to be shown to a large audience. So frankly, I'm not all that disappointed that the audience is small. It was responding to, uh, you know, who was watching these games. So I appreciate the enthusiasm about it, but we need to get better with the U.S. Open Cup. It's just not the proper reflection of what soccer in America at the professional level needs to be.
1: What? That wasn't for that. That was when when he said it was.
0: It was way back when, but it's relevant right. to the fact that it's not in this documentary, right? Because MLS yeah. and Apple are married. They're a married couple. Yeah.
1: yeah, so they're they're only going to present the positive sides. So it's not an independent documentary.
0: It's not the positive side. It was very it, it, positive. It
1: is. No, it, no. It's a, wrong. It's a-
0: wrong that he lost the final that's not has any that has nothing to do with the, the fact that it's omitted from the documentary come on Roberto. no no
1: no that, that, that part i'm not saying but it, it's okay you know because you, you you show losses right as motivation factors i mean everything it, they always celebrate in documentaries how you get up from from adversity and so adversity is always good but, yeah, but if everything minutes- is just positive plus puff pieces all the way through you know it doesn't have that same yeah. it doesn't have that same thing and how many minutes, uh, but by how many leaving minutes, this out they've done a disservice
0: yeah how many minutes did messi play in the final
1: zero remember he, was right now.
0: he was injured he didn't play <laughs> so it's almost okay like, you know without him they they couldn't get it done you know and um and that was the only loss. 11-1-2 with, uh, excuse me, 11-1-2 with Messi, 1-4-2 and 2 without Messi. So that's one of the four uh, defeats. Okay, and uh, Bob Foss. Uh, Fuss, excuse me, I said Fossey. it's Fuss. Bob Fuss, MLS uh, Players Association. We haven't taken a formal position on the cup. I will say my personal opinion is that it's not at the level that our players should be playing at. I know the league has worked Uh, a lot with the federation and tried to be respectful of what they're trying to do. But I can tell you that the U S open cup is certainly not something that our players look forward to.
1: So here's my answer to that. Yeah. Go to England and say, Hey, the FA cup isn't worth it. Then try to come back.
0: Is this not the oldest standing competition, soccer competition in the United States of America?
1: Yes. It is the oldest trophy it's the oldest sporting trophy in America,
0: and it's a pub. I always love that a pub team could get in and maybe maybe knock off a USL League One team or something, you know, whatever it might be. Or a USL, USL League One. The issue has team. always
1: been with the U.S. Open is that, at least in my opinion, is that U.S. Soccer, which owns the U.S. Cup, right, the U.S. Open Cup, hasn't ever really put in a lot of resources behind it. And That's therefore sure. it goes, you know, w- without, uh, you know, already coverage of MLS and of soccer in this country is pretty poor compared to everything else. And then now you add this in and, you know, the, the coverage is even poorer. So, you know, rate TV ratings aren't all that great. And instead of celebrating this cup, they're doing quite the opposite. And it's disappointing. I would yeah, like to see it <laughs> elevated.
0: Very disappointing, and it seemed like it seemed like the cup was making strides in terms of its publicity, and um, and uh, well, we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, that's it for the Messi uh, meets America. Well, no, except- but, but dude,
1: you're right, Glenn, and, and that's a really good point. And the fact that Messi was in it was a reason why the the TV rights were bought up uh, in English right. and in Spanish. Telemundo. Mm-hmm. Who was the other one? Uh, CBS. Right, uh, Paramount and CBS, yeah, and then even in Argentina, Torneo y Competencias, TNC, TYC, they bought him as well. I mean, it became really important because Messi was going to play in it,
0: yeah. Wow, interesting stuff, Roberto. Uh, the uh, Beckham documentary, I just you should watch it. I mean, it's I, I like David Beckham, I'm a big Beckham fan, uh, you too. because I think it goes beyond the uh. The Glitz, which there's a lot of that. And the documentary focuses a lot on his relationship with uh, Victoria. Uh, Posh Spice, which I, I don't, I'm not a Spice Girls guy. I I don't really know their stuff, but I knew Come they were on. huge. I'm, I'm not. I, I don't. You know. What are you talking about? You, you don't know, you know me are. very well, then. You don't yeah, know you me don't. very well. I can't name one song and I can't name one other uh, Spice Girl other than Posh Spice. because she's not know David Baby?
1: How dare nope.
0: you? No, I don't. But anyway, so what? But Roberto, you'll—I'd uh, like your take on this too. So, episode two, I think, is a must-see for everybody. You know, if you have the opportunity, it's on Netflix. It's not Apple; it's Netflix, and it focuses on Beckham uh, getting uh, booted, red-carded in the uh, semifinal against Argentina in the 1998 World Cup. We were trying to kind of recall that last time. Uh, which Ooh. year that was, and you should really watch it because what I don't remember, and I know I'm, I I do remember I was at LIU Brooklyn starting a women's soccer program there and spending every waking minute on, and so I don't – I just didn't – and, of course, I watched the World Cup, but I didn't have that um, – I just didn't have a good feel for what Beckham went through, and maybe this shows well beyond what he went yeah. through, but it was – to hear him talk about it, to hear his wife talk about it, and to hear his parents talk about the um, the draining experience that he had that year, where he went oh, yeah. on and assisted on both goals to win the Champions League, and then he just collapsed. I mean, it's a wonderful episode of the uh, the suffering uh, that he went through, losing weight, uh, you know, just. Not the player, you know, and 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 his team. I'll tell you what, Manche- Sir Alex Ferguson and Manchester United, man, they saved this guy's life. Maybe you know, I mean, it's really, um, it's it's really a compelling episode, and and one I'm glad I saw because I I didn't really, I, I never recognized that he went through that much, and man, did he! It's it's awful what the people in England. Yeah,
1: you know, I, I uh, do remember. I mean, I, I obviously you don't know all the details and everything, but I do know that he was absolutely vilified and uh but then you don't know how somebody absorbs that you know we talk about you know fanatics in sports and we know you know when you do something good you can be tremendously celebrated but when you do something really really poor you know then you know how the the fans can turn on you and what effect they have on you and you showed you know in this documentary, how that, you know, how that can happen. I mean, we, we see, especially in Latin America, it happens in Europe as well. Thankfully, it doesn't happen here. You know, you have a, you have a poor game or a series of poor games for your team. And, you know, the, the fans are visiting you at home. And uh, that, that's not a good thing, where they're vandalizing your car. And somehow, a lot of fans actually think, well, there's no pressure on players here. Like, that was a bad thing. You know, it's like, yeah, well, in South America or in or in Europe or in Asia, we'll go to your house and we'll burn down your car and we'll threaten you. And that will make you play better. No, no it doesn't. No, it doesn't. We're no. very lucky that that sort of stuff doesn't happen here. And uh, that type of pressure isn't, you know, isn't right, isn't pressure. that That's insanity. And that's why I specifically said fanatics and didn't say just fans. You know, that that is just well, shouldn't think- be happening. In Mexico, and- they went and a lot of players, where was it? I think it was Monterrey, uh, when they were having a bad season last season, uh, the fans came out and um, stopped all the cars and demanded, you know, why aren't you playing better and demanding more from the players and threatening them. That, that, that's a, that doesn't help that's not positive that's not going to make a player play better but when you have that that mentality that yes i'm making a difference because i'm threatening somebody and that's to, that's horrific that doesn't help in any way shape or form and we hope that that sort of culture doesn't ever you know set foot here in america in soccer or any other sport
0: well and it's part of how uh, david beckham um responded and reacted to all, everything he never said anything and you know he kept it he really internalized it which uh, perhaps had a negative impact on him individually but he never went after anybody you know he never said anything you know and i think it's just it's such a vivid um uh, explanation of, of of what he went through and, and how he handled it which i i have a lot greater i haven't watched the third and fourth episode yet but I uh, have a, uh, even greater respect for him because of ha- how he handled what, which was. Uh... And remember, our friend Patrick Vieira at Nice. Do you remember? Do you recall they they wouldn't let the bus out of the uh, yeah. out of the facility to get to a game because we were you know the, the ultras who are pretty nutty in Nice. I mean, they don't have a massive support group. They don't fill that stadium for any match, but they've got they've got some crazy ultras, and they they were you know they were they gave uh, that was a scary moment for Patrick and his team.
1: I'm sure I'm sure it is. I've seen it as well. You know, buses being stoned. I've seen it, you know, in Argentina. I've seen it in Mexico. I've seen it in Europe. I mean, the, the, those things aren't 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 right. Uh, the one thing I wanted to tell you about David Beckham, I've gotten a chance to speak to him twice at, at, at random events. And I can tell you, he is just so such a nice, nice guy. And I remember I was in the middle of a conversation and security, like tried to drag him off. And I had a follow up question and he told security to, to leave him alone. And he came and he came back to me and spoke to me and finished the conversation. I mean, th- that is just really classy of him. And it just goes to show the type of person he is. And uh, I wish him nothing but success. I really do. He, he really has earned it. He's a uh, he's a really good guy.
0: Last thing, Roberto, and this is I'm going to lay this one on you because I okay. was like I was so taken aback. Eighty-six thousand plus at the Rose Bowl for a friendly between uh, Chivas and Club America. You know it's a big rivalry. I understand and and all Clasico, but this is the you know we we talk about the Mexicans. Uh, you talk about the media oftentimes, or and the mes- Mexican fans how how um, uh, unexplicably sometimes difficult they are <laughs> with, with their national team in particular. But but this is the other side of it. This is why you know why Leagues Cup is such a big part of uh, what's going on now with the the MLS playing uh, League MX and and things like that. But I was just – I saw this and I was like, oh, my God. To me, that was such a statement for the fandom um, in Mexico and uh, that they would fill it like that for for a friendly and fireworks. It was like crazy. It was crazy.
1: It was like a Super Bowl, right? For a friendly game. Uh And, you know, the fans obviously were there and the the atmosphere was absurd. America won the game two to nothing over Chivas. So, uh, America fans were very, very happy. But we've spoken about this before. The number one team in the United States is a Mexican national team. And the number one league in the United States isn't the EPL, isn't Italy, isn't Spain. It's Mexico. It's Mexico. And that's why. MLS is doing so much to associate itself with Mexico and Mexico is doing so much to associate itself with MLS because the amount of money that these Mexican teams can make by playing here and by being on TV here is just enormous. And so there's great synergy there. And MLS has to find a way to be better at saying, hey, it's okay for you to root for Chivas and root for America and root for Cruz Azul or whoever you want to root for. But, hey, also root for our team wherever you're located, right? If you're in Houston, root for Tigres and root for, you know, the Dynamo. If you're in L.A., pick LAFC or the Galaxy and root for Chivas or Querétaro or whoever you're you're rooting for. You know, you can have teams in multiple locations, just like, you know, I, in England, for some reason, am a masochist and follow Spurs. In Mexico, I follow Necaxa. So it's not just a matter of you just have to follow one team, and which is why I've always advocated for the fact that there has to be yeah. more marketing in Hispanic, you know, in Hispanic areas and in Spanish, and there has to be more uh, press in Spanish and press releases and things like that and cover it and trying to get more coverage from Hispanics for MLS. That's why I'm always an advocate for this, because that's your biggest market in this country. And it's ready-made. It's not like you got to convert people from baseball fans or from football fans or from NBA fans or NHL fans or NFL fans to soccer fans. These people are soccer fans already. Now make them be interested in your team as well. And that's what they've got to work on.
0: Converting is not going to work, uh, but uh, that th- well said, uh, Roberto. And uh, I was paying attention, but Nick Cushing was leaving the facility, gave a wave, said, "Are you still working?" I said, "Yeah, we're working. We always Roberto and I are always working, but we wish wish Nick, his staff, and uh, New York City FC all the best on uh, Saturday. We'll be there to uh, talk about it and present it, Roberto. Roberto on the Spanish side, myself on the English side, and our air times uh, for the pregame. 5:45 this week p.m. eastern uh 609 i guess we're figuring 609 as a kickoff no we have not been told that yet so is it 6 no, or 6
1: haven't.
0: yeah so we're not sure <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. but just
0: join us just join us at 5:45 and then 545. we'll tell you when kickoff is
1: yeah, no, yeah don't the, tell them about anything else just 5:45 and leave it at that
0: that's the new york city because fc we have Network, no
1: idea
0: F- nycfc.com/radio the nycfc app and the tune in app i know many of you have the tune in app as well we're on there also. So thanks for joining now, once us again.
1: Get get- all they have to do is hit favorite there and then it will just, they can just go straight to the TuneIn app. That's all.
0: Beautiful. So we'll look forward to talking to you then for Roberto Abramowitz. I'm Glenn Crooks on NYCFC views.
1: And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow The Sick Podcast, NYCFC Views on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.